0: There's nothing you can give a coach that means more than their Jones. NBA, NBA jersey. Mm-hmm. And I'll even read on the back because <laughs> it's heartfelt. So he wrote, Big Cat, that was my former nickname, I think, right? Yeah. Appreciate you for everything. All those times you used to cuss me out paid
1: off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is the sean miller podcast presented by deer park roofing now here's your hosts paul Fritchner and adam baum with the head coach of the xavier musketeers sean miller
3: Welcome into this episode of the Sean Miller podcast. Paul Fritchner, Adam Baum over here to my left, the head coach of the Xavier Musketeers, Sean Miller, and to my right, the Chicago Bull, Dalen Terry. Dalen, it's great to have you on. This podcast, as always, is presented by Deer Park Roofing, as well as our friends at Payroll Partners, the official payroll partner. Of the Sean Miller podcast and our friends at TGE Solar. Thanks to everybody for making it possible. Make sure you subscribe to the Sean Miller podcast at Sean Miller pod on all social media channels. Dalen, it is great to have you here. Uh, it's It should be an honor for you to be here because you are, one, our first Arizona player to yes, be sir. here on the podcast. You're also our first NBA player yes, to sir. be on the podcast. So it's great to have you.
1: Appreciate it. It's good to be, good to be here. Good for y'all to have me. Yeah. <laughs> so
3: we're, we're here in Chicago. Xavier about to take on DePaul tomorrow night on Saturday. Uh, and, Coach, we're sitting here with Dalen, who is a 2020 recruit out of high school. You played for two years at Arizona, one year for Sean. Uh, now you've played a couple years here in Chicago for mm-hmm. the Bulls. So congratulations, first of all, on your NBA career to this point. And, Sean, sure. before we started this show, I heard you talking just off set, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, but you called Dalen the quintessential OKG. And yeah. I don't think there is a higher compliment for a player than that from you. Why would you say that about Dalen?
0: So DT OKG means our kind of guy. Okay. So okay. what it, the deeper meaning is? You know, in recruiting, especially in today's world, mm-hmm. because guys are making decisions and a lot, there's a lot of change. It's not as easy, maybe as it once was, to build a long-standing relationship. Yeah. And you get to know me, I get to know you, and you you really know who mm-hmm. you are. Right. In addition to how tall you are and how you can shoot, Mm -hmm. you know, great competitor, a guy plays both ends, someone who cares a lot about his teammates, et cetera. So, you know, and I I mean it, you're Mm -hmm. one of the favorite guys that I've coached. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason is that when I look at who you are and you, you have great talent, but you and me both know at the level you're at, there are guys taller, run faster, et cetera. In addition to it, I would say the knock on you when we recruited you and one of our concerns would have been, man, he could really play and pass, but his shooting, right, mm-hmm. is he ever going to develop the ability to shoot a three-point shot? Yeah. And just watching who you would have been as a 10th grader, right. 11th grader, going through the pandemic, mm-hmm. going through a coaching change, and just becoming an NBA first-round pick, a high NBA first-round pick in your second year, I think it's a remarkable journey that you were on. And That part yeah. of it is over, obviously, of a long journey still in front. Sure. So back to the our kind of guy, you know, your, your competitive spirit, your work ethic, and I just think that you're that guy that when you say, hey, Daylon, you can't do this. That you're just made up and wired to be the guy that said, Oh, really?
1: Right. You know,
0: watch this. <laughs> and and I think that's probably the bond you and I had, Coach Player, that worked yeah. in our in our brief time together. Yeah. But uh I love watching you play and I'm just I'm honored to have you on here. Thanks for taking the time. But being an OKG, and and I would just start with that in terms of tonight. Mm-hmm. Do you look at yourself as being a great competitor and you think about how far you've come as a player and the naysayers, because they're always those that yeah. say "can't, can't, yeah. can't." How, honestly, how did you navigate
1: that to become who you are here today? Honestly, I feel like like the way I grew up was like a lot of diversity, just with my family and just with basketball with everything. So it kind of like was just always something that was part of my DNA. And even like there would be certain things that you would tell me like during the game, like you didn't want me to do anymore or something like that, and I would just be like, you know what, like I just want to. It's just something in my body that I just get mad. It like, just because you said I can't do it, I want to do it now. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of like that with everything. Like, I've been like that with a kid, with my mom, with everything, with my dad, my, my family. So it's kind of like easy for me to do it on the basketball court. And honestly, till today, I'm still fighting some of them no, the same right. naysayers and all that. And it's it actually, like, makes me laugh because it's just like, I, when, I, when I figure it out and I do everything you guys say I can't do, I'm going to be the one laughing now, and you guys are going to find something else to do, and I'm going to just keep proving you wrong, keep proving you wrong. So.
0: Your regimen right now as a young NBA player, how would you describe it? Because, you know, I think sometimes people don't realize what 82 games feels like, how long, Man. and ups and downs. Yeah. You know, being on a team sometimes that can go on a losing streak, mm-hmm. being a young player that's, that's trying to create a role yeah. and, and fight to get a role. And it's just, like, weeks go by, man, and, like, right. days go by. And it's, like, how, how do you work on your craft? What is your mindset? What is your routine? Because I think sometimes people think you're an NBA player, and, okay, that's it. Yeah. But you have to keep working. Right. And I know you you are that guy. Mm-hmm. Help me understand kind of what a, a typical week or just a day, whether it be game day or just how you go about things now.
1: Honestly, like, my rookie year, I'll tell you, like, the difference. Like, I had to learn this. Was like I've always been the guy that is always in the gym. In my rookie year, I was since I wasn't in the rotation. I was trying to kill myself. Like I was trying to play every rep. I was trying to practice at night, all hours of the night. No matter what, if I couldn't sleep, I was going to the gym at three in the morning. It was stuff like that I was doing, and it's cool. But January, February time, when you hit that wall, when it's forty games in, it's like ah, now I'm just exhausted. Like I didn't have nothing for nobody at the end of the year. So, at some point so it's like you kind of have to learn when is the right time to put the work in and when mm-hmm. is not the right time when it's time to sit down when it's time to get up you know so with my second year now like a week like before every game I try to go in at night if I'm feeling if I'm feeling pretty good I try to go in at night just do my routine and just get some shots in shoot where I know I'm going to shoot the ball in the game and obviously just work on the things that I know that I'm going to work on that the team's not going to work on with me with yeah. so I could just stay sharp and be ready for anything but like we was talking about off camera, just like the day of the game, waking up, being a young guy, I already got to be there an hour and a half before everybody. So I'm already there. I just wired that way anyway, but now I have to be there. You know what I mean? So if shoot around starts at 10, I'm waking up at 8 o'clock and I got to get right in my car. I don't got no time to really eat breakfast or anything like that. Got to eat breakfast at the facility just because I don't have that much time. So going going in a shoot around at 10 o'clock, I got to be there on the court at 845. I'm shooting for about... Twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, go lift. Like in college, I didn't lift on game day. So mm-hmm. like now this is a lot different to me. Right. So now you're just doing a real, real workout before the game. And it's like you try to save yourself in college. So that was one of the things that kinda of crazy. But go through shoot around after that. And then if you're not in a rotation, you are in a stay ready run. So now you gotta play fives and just gotta they want you to they want you to be the star in that. So yeah. when I'm in a stay ready run, I'm not playing like so stay ready run is five on five full court. Yes. You know,
0: young guys against the PD guys, coaches, just yeah. the develop player development yes. guys.
1: And mm-hmm. and it's real basketball though. You're yeah. up and down playing. Definitely. And they want me to, them PD guys, they don't want to shoot the ball. So if I got two, it's me and another guy, another young guy, and three PD guys, we passing the ball, they pass it right back. So <laughs> it's you gotta get a shot up. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we so we just working on our game, but this is all the day of the game. So you do that. After that, probably ice, do treatment, whatever. But that time, all the old guys are already out because they got to do their naps or their routines. But it's probably noon now. And my shooting time before the game is now at 4.30, 4.45. So now mm-hmm. I got to go home, rush home, go to sleep, try to take my nap and get dressed, whatever, come come back to the gym a couple hours later, and I got another workout right before the game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So now, that workout, it's, it's it's not as hard, but... For an NBA player to do that, yeah. all this stuff you did in the day, just woke up, whatever. Do that workout, and then now you just got to get ready for the game. And if you're in the rotation, you're in the rotation. If you're not in rotation, you're going to be playing at the last two minutes if you was up, dirty, or down. Yep. Dirty. <laughs> so, and,
0: and how you approach that yeah. defines a lot of who you become in the league, yeah. too. Because I can imagine that that type of grind can break some guys. Definitely. Especially when you're not getting the opportunity to to be in the game.
1: Yeah, definitely, like. And
0: that's where I think, again, your background Mm -hmm. and how far you've come Mm -hmm. is a blessing for you because Mm -hmm. nobody's ever given you anything.
1: Right.
3: The Sean Miller Podcast is proud to partner with Deer Park Roofing, a company that's provided elite service for homes and businesses since 1996 and leads the industry in professionalism, quality, and responsiveness. Whether your needs are residential or commercial, like the outstanding work on the Cintas Center, the home of Xavier Basketball, Deer Park can handle any job and ensure it's done right. Deer Park's motto is protect what's important, and what's important to you is important to Deer Park Roofing. Visit DeerParkRoofing.com. The Sean Miller Podcast is proud to partner with Payroll Partners, where you're not just a number. That means providing a best-in-class HR and payroll experience that was built on award-winning technology and live support customer service with a dedicated payroll specialist who's just a phone call away. You shouldn't have to choose between technology and customer service. At Payroll Partners, you get both. Payroll Partners is locally owned and operated by a proud Xavier alum. Visit PayrollPartners.net. That's PayrollPartners.net.
2: Welcome back here to the Sean Miller podcast. We appreciate everyone joining us. Um, you you touched on Dalen's background, and I'm curious. You know, you're a high school kid. You're from Phoenix. What's it like when you know you get the call from Sean Miller? He knocks on your door, and and he wants you to come to Arizona. What was that process like? Honestly, it was it was very crazy because I'm just being a Phoenix kid. You
1: know, you look at Arizona like the Duke of the West Coast. So I always watched a lot of Arizona basketball. Being from Phoenix, obviously, I seen ASU, but I really was like, No, you is that's where I want to go, blah blah blah. So it was always my dream school, but it was weird because I was getting a whole bunch of offers, but I never talked to Sean, so I was like, Man, it's bullshit. like <laughs> <laughs> that's what like, I'm waiting for him to call me. So it was crazy because like everybody was like, Man, they want to talk to you, but they just haven't talked to you yet. And I'm just like, All right, like tell them, Come on, like I'm ready, like you know what I mean. So it was, I had to fight myself with that, like just not jumping too early when he, when he said, I'm, I want you to come, you know? Cause it was like, I didn't want to fall in love with me being his kid. I had to think about like my basketball career, like, all right, how much, how much does he want me? Where am I going to fit in and all that? So when he finally started recruiting me, it was weird because at first it was the assistant coaches. And you know, they say like, go where you're loved at. So like some schools was having a head coach call me, but I didn't talk to Sean yet. So I remember I was, who was the coach? Uh, Justin Ganey was calling me a lot. And I was just like, man, it's not Sean. I don't really care. Like, <laughs> like, he tell me whatever he says. It's not Sean. I don't care. That's who I seen coach all these games. It was not Sean. So as soon as you called me, I was like, all right, bit. I remember calling Ray and Ato. Like, man, I think I want to go. He's like, not too early. Not too early. Not too early. And it was me. Like the first call you had, and it was telling me chill out, chill out. But the one thing I could say about his staff and how he re- recruited me was, when they started, they started. Like it was not. Some schools will recruit you a little bit and then they'd fall off if you have a bad game. No, it was like, no, we want you, and this is how we're going to use you, and I promise you, like, this is how much we want you, like. And they would blow my phone up, like, Coach Murph called my phone every day. And I was like, bro, stop calling my phone. It was <laughs> like, like, it was to that point, the email would call me all the time, and I was just like, bro, I'm getting irritated how much they call calling me. So I was like, you know what, they love me that much, I got to let them back. So then I finally committed. So <laughs> it was cool. Crazy process, honestly.
0: You know, again, back to him, and this is totally to his credit, he is a very good player in high school, but by the standards of a lot of NBA players, I mean, he was unheralded mm-hmm. and probably not rated where you deserve to be rated. Again, yeah. I, I think that's where that chip yeah. starts to develop because it's like, wait a second. You know, I'm six foot seven and I could play to point. Mm-hmm. I got long arms. By the way, I'm a year young for my class, which yeah. was your case, right? Mm-hmm. And uh and I have the ability to defend positions and do things that, like, not a lot of guys can, yet I, I'm not getting these ratings, right, you right. know. And and uh, and I think that as a coach, that's one thing you always have to guard against, that you you can't follow that. If we would have followed that in Dalen's particular case, it would have been easy for us to justify, ah, m- m- maybe we don't recruit him. But we right. truly recruited him for who he was yeah. both on and off the court and I think what we saw him becoming. And yeah. as much as I saw him – becoming a terrific player it happened in two years that's a true credit to him because his will and his competitive spirit and mm-hmm. my mind are unmatched you know yeah. um yeah. but one thing i wanted to dalen bring up is we were together during the pandemic yeah so let's go back in real time our season ends there was no NCAA tournament. We were an NCAA tournament team. Mm-hmm. You're in the spring of your senior year. You have already made your decision to come mm-hmm. to Arizona. Yeah. And now we're getting ready to basically go next step. Okay, summer. Yeah, There was no summer. Yeah. And for context, not only did you not have a summer,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but for the people outside of Arizona, yeah. I don't think anybody truly understands what June, July, and August are like. <laughs> yeah. In Phoenix and Tucson, Arizona, yeah. in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're in the pandemic, right. like, you know how the rest of the world's like, you can go outside or whatever, yeah. like, that's the last place you wanna be. Mm-hmm. So I really think that it, it almost affects you in a different way there. Mm-hmm. We were all just kind of like right. in this little wherever we lived, right? Mm-hmm. No gym access, nothing. Right. And you hurt your knee. Yeah. So it's like, think uh. about it. He's a year young, he's coming from Phoenix. There's no summer. There's no lifting weights. There's no, like, acclimation process from this is how college is going to be. And all we could do is talk to him on the phone. Then he had his surgery. So Mm -hmm. we were checking in with his surgery. By the way, his surgery, from a rehab perspective, he was pretty much on his own. Mm -hmm. If this were normal times, we would have been able to help him through the surgery, Mm -hmm. really oversee him every day. He wasn't even allowed in Tucson. As a matter of fact, none of you guys. Yeah. Like Ben and Christian and you guys, none of you. Yeah touched Tucson until, what, late August? Yeah, late August. So it was like five yeah. months. Yeah. And it was so bizarre when I look back at that time. That that would have been the first part of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. For you guys, I think it was the hardest because you're the only class that was leaving high school mm-hmm. and going to college and this is it.
2: Yeah.
1: It was crazy just because, like, that summer was, like, really hard because I was already hurt. so. Like you said, you don't already don't want to go outside in Phoenix and Tucson. It's already too hot, and I'm hurt. Now it's like, okay, some people taking the pandemic seriously, some people aren't taking it serious. Like when I wasn't hurt, I'm like, can I go to the gym? Like I was the type of kid. Like my dad was like, don't go outside, and I'm like, right. Man, I'm going to the gym. Like, <laughs> I, I'm going. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find a gym. But it done. wasn't easy then. Right. I mean, it was, it everything was locked. Like, was locked everything up. was locked up. Yeah. So you got the the stress and hassle you had to do to just even get in the gym was ridiculous. So like, once I got hurt, it just killed everything. I'm like, dang. So yeah. then I remember I was thinking about, like, my whole life. I'm like, man, being in a pandemic, is it going to be like this forever? I right. hurt my knee. Am I going to ever go to college at this point? Like, right. blah, blah, blah. So, like, once we got to school and then all, like, the rules we had to follow, like how you were saying, like, you, you telling We coming from college, I'm top recruit. You telling me I can't go to no party? Like <laughs> I'm like, man, I can't go where? Like, what are you talking about? So I remember you was stressing, like, just stay inside. You guys just hang out together. And it was just like. It's ridiculous.
0: But in your case, like for your game, too, there's two things. One, the physical element of lifting weights and eating food because you were super thin. I mean, you were 180-some pounds coming out of high school. 65. 165, <laughs> think about that, 6'7", 165, 18 years old, has a knee uh, situation that he's working through. We can't help him with. And the one thing that uh, that he loves to do is get in the gym and shoot. Couldn't work on a shot. He couldn't work on a shot mm-hmm. barely by himself, and then five months go by, so it's like, okay, it's go time. Yeah. We would have those Zoom meetings, right?
1: Man, and I and then meetings.
0: his class, we had a couple international guys, so they're in Lithuania, yeah, yeah, Estonia, yeah. Mm-hmm. right? France, right? Then you have guys like in LA, like Christian was in, a, in his sister's apartment here yeah, yeah. in Phoenix. We we're all on this screen and we would try to talk and just kind of, hey, this is what it is, stay with yeah. it, this is what we're gonna do. Crazy. <laughs> and then, and then look, now we're here. And then the other part is we tested,
1: oh my god,
0: I think every
1: day, yes, of
0: the school year at six in the morning, 6.30 in the morning, yes,
1: like even on off days, you got to wake up at six in the morning. That was one of the worst things, like ever, putting that thing up your nose every single day. It's every
0: just, single day.
1: it wake you up every single day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and how about how James would would put the thing in his nose? Man, James Akinjo. Man, what? me and James were <laughs>
1: just talking about this. <laughs> he was like, at, the, at some point in the year, we was just tired of doing it just going like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, because if you go out for COVID, you're going to be out for two weeks now, and now you're just over with. Like, <laughs> the game, you, see,
0: there's the game within the game yeah. right there. Yeah, Man, what? Because like, you remember now, you're playing games and in the West, When I say things were shut down, like, we had cardboard cutouts. I had a cardboard cutout of my dog. In the stands. Uh, Yeah, my family. He would have cardboard cutouts of his family. And it was all in, you know, McHale Center. And, you know, these guys are signing up to play home games at McHale Center. Grew up watching, you know, what it feels like to play in in that type of atmosphere, in that type of arena. And he's going to play in front of fake music. Right fake crowd noise yes. and cardboard cutouts. Mm-hmm. We played Stanford at the Golden State Warriors G League facility. You remember that?
1: Ooh, that was the first time you yelled at me. Like, really yelled at me. <laughs> you probably got to hear everything he said
2: during a game, though. <laughs> yeah. That was the worst part. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, you're right
1: about that. Imagine McHale Center, like, how loud it is now, like, the reputation of that. And he's coaching. You could tune him out, like, you know? But I hear every single thing he's saying. is It's horrible. So, like, just playing them games with him coaching with, you could hear every shoe squeak, you could hear the pin yeah. drop, you could hear everything. It was just, it got to the point where it was just like, I don't really, is this what life has came to? Like, is this how right. it's gonna always be? So it kind of like was a bummer, like, cause think about like how our team was, that was a good team that we had. And like the home atmosphere, like McHale wins you some games sometimes. No question. So like, it's like a team like us where some, some teams respect it, some teams don't like, we need our crowd. Yeah. So like we had and, and our own you, energy. David,
0: one thing I learned that year, I think all of us, you know, looking back, there's so many things you look back on and, and think differently of. But you take, you take for granted what it is yeah. playing at home yeah. or playing on the road. Mm-hmm. And even on the road, going against the crowd, you would say, well, it's easier, right? In some degree it is, but it's like to not have the crowd in general, whether they're against you or for you, it's just a weird. completely different game and feeling, yeah, you right. know? And now the last part is, And we weren't eligible for the tournament. Mm -hmm. I had to tell you guys that, hey, by the way, Mm -hmm. we're not eligible for the tournament. So let's add all that up now, right? Mm -hmm. The pandemic, Mm -hmm. coming in here with your knee surgery and and your injury, being 18, 19 years old away Mm -hmm. from home for the first time. You never went to class because everything was online, online, Zoom. You had to stay in your room. Mm -hmm. Got tested every morning at 6 Mm -hmm. a.m. And no people had to wear a mask everywhere. In practice. In practice, yeah. we were wearing masks. You're right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, had to practice hard, and then you say, "Oh, and by the way, we're not eligible for the tournament." That right. was, I, I think, that was the hardest moment that I've had. Yeah. Just because n- none of you guys had anything to do with anything, right. and it's like, man, think about think about all, all what I just said, mm-hmm. and again, for me to watch not only you but all of you guys go through that come out on the other side mm-hmm. and become so many great things. Right. Because it's not just you thriving, yeah. you know, there's so many guys doing great things yeah. that were there with us, you know, uh-huh. at that time.
1: I remember that moment, like, when you told us, like, you know, me and James was real close. I was my best friend on the team. So anything that was going on, we would always talk. So it was, it was morning you told us that, or no, you, you have called us in. It was mm-hmm. a meeting. It was a meeting. But I think he might have knew early. And he came to my room and was like, DT is bad. And I'm like, what you mean? And he was like, we ain't going to the tournament. And I'm like, wow. Like, he was like, he said specifically that you said you were worried about the young guys. He was like, he, I think he's talking about you, like worried about like how everything you had to come through and now we just can't play. And he was like, man, it's going to be all right. And I remember you talking to us about it and it was just like, damn. Yeah. we like, already was struggling. No so doubt. like,
0: But well, I'm going to tell you, all things considering I think we did a great job with all of that, yeah, you know, and really. Still I mean, and, and, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I think, like, you can you can always dial back to those lessons. Like, truly, and I don't even know if you know this because mm-hmm. you're in, in the NBA and doing different things, but we played at UConn mm-hmm. recently, and last year we beat UConn twice. Yeah. And, obviously, they were great. They yeah, won a dude. national championship, yeah. and we were really good as well, mm-hmm. right? But this time was different. Mm-hmm. I mean, they beat us by 43, and it was kind of like an easy 43. Mm. And, okay, so, like, where do you go from here? Right. There is no playbook for that. And, as you know, guys can lose their confidence. Yeah. And part of what I really thought about, you know, as a coach is, okay, well, what are those times that were, like, the most difficult? Right. And I thought about walking in and telling you guys that. Yeah. And just how you can overcome anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you stick together and just if, sure. if you have each other and things are being done right, you yeah. know. But I, I think that... Your generation, as years go on, you know, you had it the hardest because Mm -hmm. anyone who's in college for the first time and had to deal with the pandemic, Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's something that, like, it's hard to explain to somebody.
1: It's really hard to explain. Like, you just had to be there, really, like, to understand, like, how crazy it was. Like, my friends would come down to see me, and they just, like, I can't come to the game? Right. No. Can't talk to anyone. Like.
0: So that leads mm -hmm. me to this. So we had all these rules. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I was wondering, like, does anyone else in this country have these rules? Because yeah. you know sometimes you turn a TV on and there's people in the stands. Yeah, well in yeah. the West there was no people. Mm-hmm. So we were just sticking with it, sticking with it. So mm-hmm. we go play at ASU.
1: Yeah.
0: Same state.
1: Yeah.
0: Drove to the game. Go in the arena.
1: They got there's people in there's yeah, people man. in the arena. Yeah.
0: It wasn't packed, but there were had how many of you think were there? Probably like eighty.
1: Yeah. 100 people. But that's
0: 80 more than we yeah. had. We literally yeah. had 0 yeah. people, right? So I remember thinking like, damn, 80 people like I, it it felt and they were loud, just yeah. like you mentioned, like yeah. they can yell. And uh and we won that game on uh James Akinjo either. Assist? Yeah. A, 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 he a shot, shot that ball. He shot the ball, <laughs> <laughs> or a bad shot yeah. that he had claimed was an assist. But
1: yeah,
0: yeah, Zulus, uh, yeah, Zulus it tipped it in, and uh, it was the buzzer shot. But again, when you look at that year without a tournament, there are certain moments. But the joy of that yeah. day, and yeah. just knowing that those people were in there, and. A certain person yelling things from the crowd <laughs> definitely at, at you, <laughs> yeah. uh, being from
1: Phoenix. Yeah. And then the
0: next year, you guys went there with the crowd yeah. and really took it to
1: them. Definitely. And you know how it is for me being from Phoenix. That game is, means a lot to me. So just that that, for that to happen, that game, when they have fans and we don't have nothing and the people in the crowd talking to me specifically. Yeah. And then we hit a game winner and we're just celebrating. It's just us in there screaming. Right. It's like. It's true. I it's mean, like, you, only ha- you know that <laughs>
0: adage, you only have each other? We, right. that, that we were just. Like it's we were just, just us. guys just, uh, yeah, yeah. just hooping. We didn't have anything else to do but that, really.
1: <laughs> he was screaming. He was in the locker room <laughs> celebrating. We go out, you know, if it's a big game, after the game, someone hits a game winner, you go out to the buses, the fans are screaming. It's just us out there, right. just like no. That's back. right.
0: Yeah, there's nobody doing anything. Right. It was so weird. It was it was like, I'm glad that's over. <laughs> and yeah, but that, that's because remember that that was our that was our time together. Yeah. You know, uh, then when that ended and the world reopened, I was gone, and that's why you know that image is so clear in my mind. You know, coaching you and, yeah. and you guys during that that period of time. Definitely.
3: Stop renting your power. Own it. TGE Solar makes it easy to purchase solar panels for your home or business so you can take control of your monthly electricity bill and start saving today. They'll help you find the best solar system to meet your needs, and their expert in-house installation team makes the process seamless. They're proud to be based in Cincinnati, family-owned and operated by a Xavier alum. Mention this podcast and save $1,000. Visit TGESolar.com to request your free energy evaluation today. The Sean Miller Podcast is proud to partner with Deer Park Roofing, a company that's provided elite service for homes and businesses since 1996 and leads the industry in professionalism, quality, and responsiveness. Whether your needs are residential or commercial, like the outstanding work on the Cintas Center, the home of Xavier Basketball, Deer Park can handle any job and ensure it's done right. Deer Park's motto is protect what's important, and what's important to you is important to Deer Park Roofing. Visit DeerParkRoofing.com. Welcome back to the Sean Miller podcast and Dylan. One thing I'm interested to hear from you is your transition between your freshman and your sophomore year and Mm -hmm. now in your second year in the NBA as well. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the lessons that you felt like you learned from Sean and his coaching staff and Mm -hmm. what helped you get to those points where you're lighting that competitive fire? You're Mm -hmm. trying to overcome maybe that doubt in your mind. You're Mm -hmm. trying to become a better player. Was there a a switch that flipped? Was there something that happened? Mm -hmm. How'd that go down for you?
1: Okay, my freshman year, you know, I was starting most of the year, or most of the yeah, most of the year I was starting, but then once it started to waver a little bit, I started like just questioning myself, like, am, is Coach still like me? Like, and what am I supposed to do? But like in my head, I was like, you know what? Like, I don't ever want to show him a weakness, so I just was like, I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing, and I'm I'm gonna be alright. Like, it is what it is, and then I, I finally got the courage to go talk to him. Like, you know, Coach, like, what is it? And he basically just told me to keep doing what I'm doing. My shot's going to fall, blah, blah, blah. I think a game right after that is when, like, I had one of my best games in my freshman year, and it was just like, you know what? He didn't. He shouldn't even have to tell me anything. It was just like, come on, bro. Like, you're good. Just keep doing what you're doing. Like, because you're going to have ups and downs in your basketball career. Like, I'm having ups and downs in my NBA career right now, and it's to the point where, like, no matter what, development is real, and it's going to kick in at a certain point whenever you need it. And you're going to have bad games. You're going to have good games, but – you can't dwell on stuff too long, especially playing for a coach like him. Yeah. Like, or you're just gonna stay in it. <laughs> so
3: what what sticks out to you about Sean and his development and how he helped you develop in college?
1: Um, just he held me accountable. Like I showed him that I wanted to work out and I was gonna do this every single day. Like I had a routine that I come in early in the morning before everybody, something that night, and he knew that. So I kind of like showed him that early. So when if I'm if he gets a report back that I'm not doing it, it's going to be like, look, he's not taking it that seriously. So it kind of like, without him even saying anything, he was holding me accountable. Like I got to keep doing what I'm doing just so he knows, like, I'm still working. Like I'm, no matter what my minutes are, whatever, how good of a game I am, I'm still working and you're going to put me in the game eventually. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so. You know, DT, I, I really believe this, like in college, and sometimes it happens maybe in high school, mm-hmm. sometimes – and it's probably unfortunate the first time that guys go through it is maybe in the n b a but <clears throat> maybe the best class that you can take mm-hmm. in college in terms of learning and that can be the most helpful for you rest of your life is mm-hmm. just the adversity and the obstacles, yeah and sometimes man, like the bad stuff that hits you and yet. You have to go through it, overcome it, come out on the other side of it, be better because of it. And when you look back, you just kind of said it there a second ago, man, I'm going to be all right. Like I can handle things. Like That little thing that I thought was a big thing, it was nothing. Nothing. And then that sets you up for something that actually is bigger, Mm -hmm. an injury, a setback. And instead of running for the hills and looking for change and blame – no, you you keep fighting and you mm-hmm. keep working. And sometimes you have to evolve and d- adapt, do something a different way. And I think you learn that in many ways through a freshman year like you had. Mm-hmm. Because think about all the different things that I've already talked about. Mm-hmm. We didn't even talk about playing time yeah. or points per game right, or right, right. what you shot from the three-point line. Mm-hmm. So it's like you had that on, that next layer, I think that fight you have – you know, is is your greatest gift. I, I really mean it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just like see you as a young
1: player carving out a role. It's just a matter of when it's going to happen, yeah. not if. That's how – that's kind of how I look at life now because, honestly, my freshman year, I relate a lot of things to, like, how that was because to a lot of people that was, like, my lowest moment of basketball. Like, all right, like, he was a four-star, five-star recruit and he goes to Arizona now. We don't know about him, you know, because – you know how the pressure is for some mm-hmm. kids, you come into a big school like Arizona, they think you're gonna be one and done. And me and you both had talked about like, this might be two, three years, but whenever happens, it's gonna happen. Yeah. But the world don't know that, it's just us yeah. talking. So now I have to deal with the outside people talking, whatever, you gotta to get to the point where it's just like, you You can't care anymore. Like it's just like, That's right. you have to understand that whatever, whatever it is that you do is you gotta just keep doing it and it's gonna happen whenever it happens. And if you have a bad time, it's not gonna feel like a bad time when you have a great time because yeah. that's just what it is. Like that's just how this game goes. Like you're gonna have bad games. But when you have 40 points after that zero point game, you're gonna be like, it's nothing. Like, you'll yeah. be all right.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Mm-hmm. No doubt. That fight that is is something that I think you're not given that. You gotta kind of acquire it through yeah. all the hardship and and different things that that are happening. You know, a guy I was talking to a, a friend of mine who coaches in the NBA. And obviously I'm friends with Coach Donovan, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but it wasn't him. It was another guy. And he said, you know, the NBA is a game, you know, it, it's an industry of change. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, you know, you're around the trade deadline. You know, you may have somebody that you love is playing great. He's the leader of your locker room mm-hmm. or, or a second unit player that, you know, if you didn't have him, be you there. would be yeah. so different. Yeah. And the news hits you, he's been traded. Well, you still have practice later that day. Yeah. You're going to play a game the next day. And by the way, there's someone else coming in on a trade the other way, and you got to get to know him yeah. and welcome him. And it's like people don't see that side of the NBA. And, you know, yeah. that that
1: change for a player yeah. is also equal too. Yeah. And it's like being able to handle that. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, like in college you think of team, you think of your brothers, you think about guys you want to hang out with. You know, as a college coach, you always tell guys be together all the time. So – and the NBA is kind of different because I'm I come to NBA I'm 20 21 years old. My oldest teammates 35 36 and it's like he don't want to hang out with me. You right. know what I mean? So it's like <laughs> we're not really like all the way together. Sometimes like right. some of them are, but you know how I go. So when he gets traded, even though we might not be cool, I have to worry. I have to pass in the ball 30 times this game. But he gets traded now. I have to figure something out because the new player plays totally different from him. I got to. Think about his personality, think about how he's gonna get coached, how he's gonna yell at me if I don't pass him the ball a certain yeah. way. So it's just like things change so fast in the NBA, you gotta be able to adapt quick because that's what we get paid for yeah. at this point. So,
0: DT, I gotta bring this up. Um, you know, I think somebody who is very influential in your basketball career, mm-hmm. certainly somebody who's always been in your corner, mm-hmm. regardless of circumstances, yeah. is your travel team director, yeah. ATOP. Yes, Compton Magic, mm-hmm. legendary travel team, but, you know, aTOpe obviously, and I don't know how many guys he's had, but I even saw Eric Armstead, yeah, yeah. you know, the defensive lineman for the San Francisco mm-hmm. 49ers. He played for the Compton Magic. Yeah. I, I remember going yeah. to the games, watching him. Man, that dude's big. Yeah. Like, I'm just telling you he's going to be an NFL player, and <laughs> here he is playing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Bowl but yeah. Dalen played on that team with some really good players. You know, mm-hmm. Jalen Clark, mm-hmm. who's in your class, in my mind, is very similar to you in yeah. that he didn't get the respect he deserved. Mm-hmm. I made a huge mistake by not recruiting him.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, but when I think about your development in the Compton Magic, like how how important being on that team, Ray Arvisu, yeah, those type of guys, Ato, that how they can go the extra mile mm-hmm. to. To be with you, and then you know, right. and, and just think about the time you spent in the spring and in the summer and yeah. all the different things not only with those guys but your teammates. Yeah, I think sometimes the summer the summer travel team doesn't get the respect that it deserves in terms of what it can do for young people like yourself.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's and Ray and them guys a lot because honestly, the way our team was structured, we had stars, Evan Mobley. Um, Onyeka Kangu, Isaiah Mobley, Jalen Clark, the list goes on and we're all on one team. So it's like, we all were coming from different backgrounds and we had to figure out it all together. Like no matter what, there were some guys that played on a team that sucked, but it was just them. Think about the team you just said, go through that again. I, I'm going to say everybody. <laughs> it goes me, Evan Mobley, Isaiah Mobley, Onyeka Kangu, Johnny Juzang, Jalen Clark. I'm missing somebody. Um. Man, hey, the list goes on. Dalen Terry. I said Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, so, I'm serious though. Yeah. So all those guys on one team, and we got to figure it out. like, Because I was playing on a 16-year team. Jalen was playing on a 17-year team. I'll come up, play a little bit. And then the next year when it was just us 17 years, it was me, Evan, and Jalen, and it's like, and Johnny, before yeah. he uh, committed to Kentucky. And it's just like, we're all stars. We all want shots. We all want certain things. But Ato was like, bro, when you guys get to the NBA, you guys have to play with other guys that's been the guy the, their whole life. So you guys better figure this shit out right now. Mm-hmm. And that actually like made it a lot easier for me to just be like, you know what? Like, okay, he's good. I'm I'm good too. Like, right. It is what it is. Like, we're gonna do it what we do, and we gotta figure it out together. And yeah. that's
2: what's gonna make us good. Yeah. And that's why it was one of the best teams that in two years. Yeah. yeah. Sean, I find it uh fitting hearing you talk about Dalen and the way that he would fight. And, you know, whether you this was premeditated or not, maybe it was, but this is the night before the game your basketball team right now is 11 and 10 5 and 5 mm. you brought him in to talk to the team at this point in the season and i guess dalen like are are you aware of what's going on with his team right now and maybe why you were a good person to talk to them tonight
1: um i, I heard about it a little bit you know <laughs> um, i can only imagine what's going on i, I watched a, i watched a couple games i seen the game dalen hit the hit the game winner in Georgetown. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I seen that game. And sometimes if I ever see Xavier like on the TV, I always turn it on because, you know, it's my guy. So I always tune in a little bit, but not as much as I should, you know. But <laughs> You're busy. Um I was told that there was a message that would need to be relayed. And obviously that was the same message I was gonna put because like Sean said, like my whole life has always been fighting in university. So just being able to talk to a team, I know if I would have had this when I was in college, it might have made me go even harder than what I'm already going. So I can only imagine what it's gonna do for the team.
3: Well, especially for a group with six freshmen yeah. trying to learn and, and come together.
1: Yeah. And it's kind
3: well,
0: of crazy. That was his that would have been the team that he was on. So yeah. what yeah, we exactly. have here that would have been identical yeah. to yeah. uh to, we had a whole bunch of yeah. freshmen. Yeah. I mean it,
2: some good ones too, yeah. by the yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. All, All right.
2: You uh you brought coach a gift. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, a, I got it right here. Already. And I'll tell you.
0: There's nothing you can give a coach that means more than their NBA, NBA jersey.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'll even read on the back because <laughs> it's heartfelt. So he wrote, Big Cat, that was my former nickname, I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you for everything. All those times you used to cuss me out paid off. <laughs> 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 I really didn't cuss you out. Dog. What? <laughs> man, it's all what? in good faith and love. Man, what? DT, I appreciate you being here, man. And uh, you didn't have to do it. And that's what, uh, that's what separates you from so many guys and always pulling for you. And I promise I'll be at a uh, Chicago Bulls game here yes, sir. as soon as we can uh, once our season ends. Appreciate you, Coach. Thanks for having man. Adding yeah. to
3: the list, an NBA player on the podcast. First yes,
0: Arizona player, first NBA player, and yes, uh, couldn't come in a better form than this
3: guy. Yes, sir. Podcast chart's just going right up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to our sponsors, as always, at Deer Park Roofing, Payroll Partners, TGE Solar, and everybody for tuning in to this podcast. Dalen, as Coach said, thank you so much for being here tonight. We appreciate it. Appreciate you. Best of luck with the rest of
2: your season yes, as well. Sir. This has been the Sean Miller podcast presented by Deer Park Roofing with your hosts, Paul Fritschner and Adam Baum. Join us again soon for another episode with the head coach of the Xavier Musketeers, Sean Miller.